We are. Damn, we're dude, entertaining, that was, dude. That actually had me going. That's the first time that we have seen that. Uh, that yeah. was a special surprise by the UPP. That was. I amazing. made that ten minutes before the show, and Not I bad. was like crying, laughing. I, I well, that was the first time I watched it all together. I was just hoping it looks good. <laughs> I forgot about some of that stuff. Makes me laugh, man. I forgot that. Uh, I I cannot remember who who called you in the middle of the podcast and you I answered. I don't. Me. I don't remember either. And I did this the the sex the homemade sex tape uh, noises. That's pretty. I was, I was dying. I was like, oh my god, I don't even remember that. I was probably I probably had a few bourbons before I did that. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure we both. <laughs> Our share of that. But. Welcome to the Off the Cuff podcast, guys. If you are, um, if if you watch that intro and you remember those things, man, we love you because yeah, you, no shit, you have hung through a lot of changes and a lot a lot of iterations, the ups and downs of the Off the Cuff podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, we're back. I think we're we're back, and this is like episode seven or eight or something like that. What 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 are we on here, Lodge? I don't remember. This should but, be episode eight. <clears throat> yeah, nice. that sounds about sounds about right. Little, uh, almost to a dozen episodes now. Now again, and <laughs> for I like think, the eighth time, <laughs> I think we've kind of just decided that we're just gonna be us, right? So that what we've been trying to figure out what are we gonna do with this thing, right? I have this Mike the Cop YouTube channel that I put no content on whatsoever because screw that guy, <laughs> this Mike the Cop guy. I've put him to death. He died in the line of social media duty. <laughs> he so he is uh, brutally taken from us. Um, but we have the show and we love hanging out together on Wednesday nights. So. Uh, we would do it in person if Dave had listened to me and moved by my house instead of two hours away. Uh, we're both still in the great state of Michigan, though, I guess. So we got that going for us. There but you go. Anyway, Barely. off the cuff, two former cops and their their illegitimate son. We're not sure who the father of is. Uh, whatever. We're here every week giving our take on life, culture, having interesting guests like the guest we'll have tonight. Yeah. Dr. Mike Simpson, and he's awesome because he loves to fight with people on the internet, and those are my favorite kind of people. They create, <laughs> I get, uh, you know, my the algorithm is so wise now; it delivers his content to me first. I I pay more attention to his content on the internet than any now. Now it's just like AI knows who I, what I need to see to to enjoy my time on the toilet, and uh, so that's where I'm sc- scrolling and, and finding all that. So, uh. Where is he? There he is. There What's he up? Is. Wow. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? See, look uh, at his background. He's got a great background. So Joyce has been he's a professional wanting to kick my ass about the, this dull ass background. She's like, you don't have any pictures. And look at now. Look at look at his. <laughs> Lori's got a fucking flag. so. So my my wife called, when you have all this stuff back here, they're called tchotchkes. Oh, yeah. So tchotchkes. I found out they're called tchotchkes. It's spelled with a T. Like a Polish? That's... Yeah, it's like T-C-H. There's like two T's in it. Because like my wife kept using the term tchotchke, so I like looked it up. And Google, like you were talking about how the, the algorithms know I'm an idiot. 
So I type in tchotchkes, like spelt like on happy days. And it's like, it's tchotchkes, you idiot. And it spelled it. It's T-C-H whatever. So we have a little nick. We used to call them knickknacks in our generation. So now they're called tchotchkes, I I guess. I didn't get the memo, but I guess they changed it. Oh, you, sir. Are I, I like how you spelled X-Pac. it like it's like the me- like Mexican food or something. Cha 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 chachki. We're gonna go on down to Chachki's and get ourselves yeah. a couple of a couple of vodkas. Let's go down to Chachki's get some queso. Have you had Chachki's queso? It's amazing to die for. Um. So I don't know how we ever crossed paths originally but i'm glad that we did i read your book and you, you can you can talk about sort of like your pedigree and, and your story is kind of in your book honed mm-hmm. and i read that because i'm a dude in my 40s and the whole concept of of the book is you know being at your best you know peak performance in in those middle ages and there's a mm-hmm. lot of fantastic information in there you train jujitsu um i'll never roll with you that way i can never say i'm worse than you (laughs) but you do train jujitsu yeah dude i i put on the gi and i show up that's uh what it's worth yeah that's that's me (laughs) now dave dave will tell you that i suck but the truth is i'm way better than dave at jujitsu despite his (laughs) years ahead of me in the game because i'm 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 pretty much caught up <clears throat> yeah, I've ca- I've caught up. I don't know what I think you were uh man, you had won purple belt worlds I think when I started. So I'm maybe. definitely behind not maybe. Oh, you maybe won purple belt worlds? It's been so long, who cares? Who gives a shit <laughs> but, anymore. But see the, the the world was only western Europe <clears throat> at that time though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Africa was a part of like <laughs> Europe. The Roman <laughs> Empire only extended so far. <laughs> Right. Hey, yeah, we he fought went, the Mongols off, though. He went via. He went over cobblestone roads to compete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you goodness. not entertained? <laughs> yeah. Th- not thank goodness off. Tiberius had laid the cobblestone. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you trained jujitsu. You got some military background. So does Dave. Uh, we just have a lot in common, and you were a voice of great reason to me during like the COVID insanity. Uh, and you still to this day, even on some of these popular medical issues with uh, what is his name, Demar Hamlin, yeah. uh, right? He died on the field, and you called you called the diagnosis basically that night. I think it was like yeah, it could probably be yeah. this, and then it became yeah. like yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this, and then yeah. everybody else is like, no, he did, he got the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> and and well, it was just so crazy. The, the so. funniest, the funny. I know we're gonna talk about other stuff, but the funniest thing about that is, I called it that night, and so did. Uh, one of the big COVID conspiracy theorists, and I, I get the two, I get McCullough and Malone confused all the time. Uh-huh. They don't look anything alike, but they're both fucking narcissistic shills. Uh, whichever <laughs> one's the cardiologist, he called it too. He said, oh, that's commotion court. And then I think his agent goes, dude, there's no money to be made if you say that. So he went on TV the next day and he said, oh, it's been ruled out. And it's like- <laughs> You're fucking ten. You're yeah. You're ten states away. You've never even seen this guy. What do you mean it's been ruled out? So anyway, we'll, we'll, we can talk more about that later. Yeah. So in all seriousness, I, I want to get to a point to where we can kind of talk about. I, I think I labeled the the podcast this concept of surviving policing, 
which is you know similar to surviving a career in the military short or longer uh sur- surviving that and and keeping your health into retirement through retirement because so many cops struggle with that uh, yeah, both military on too. and off yeah. the job you know it's like um i think there's i think there's a lot to consider but let's just start at the beginning as far as with you like tell us uh, tell us your background your story um yeah, don't give it all away, I guess, because I want people to consider getting your book and yeah. all that stuff and get all the juicy details. Right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> have at it. Let's let's hear more about uh, more about Doc Mike. Yeah. So uh, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate being here. Uh, originally, so I was born. Uh, if if you look at my kind of the first years of my life, it's kind of hard to believe I am where I am now because uh, I was born in Southern California. Um spent the first 11 years of my life, mostly in the Los Angeles area. Uh, probably what saved me from a, a life of just being an absolute uh, far left degenerate is uh, middle school time frame, or actually right before that, we moved to a little town in the mountains of Southern California called Tehachapi. So I had a very kind of traditional uh, country upbringing you know, uh, going out and, and and hunting rabbits with my 22, walking through the middle of town with a 22 rifle over my shoulder, uh, that type of thing. At 18, I graduated high school. I graduated uh, 102 out of 122 in my graduating class. Bad. Yeah. Not bad. Tight yeah, race not bad. to the top yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I gra- I gra- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was within striking distance of number 101. Everyone was, it was like all co-valedictorians, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I graduated, I I graduated with all the guys who basically were, were if you lined us up by uh, average, I was with all the guys selling dime bags behind the metal shop, basically. (laughs) Um, I hadn't quite realized my potential is what my my parents would say. But two weeks out of high school, uh, I shipped off to the U.S. Army which I had signed up in the end of my junior year. Uh, and I spent uh, four years in the 1st Ranger Battalion as an infantryman and thought I wanted to get out, actually thought I, I was going to get out and pursue a career in law enforcement. So I, I ets after four years and I did all the paperwork and I tried out for Savannah PD. I was going to stay in Georgia. Uh, Savannah PD had a hiring freeze at the time. And so uh, I moved around a little bit and the whole, the whole while I was in the National Guard, I ended up coming back in uh, a few years later. I figured out civilian life was just not for me. I came back in uh, when I was in the Guard. I got to go to the Special Forces Assessment Selection and Special Forces Qualification course. So um, How I'd already earned that, that in the National Guard. Uh, so there's uh, at the time uh, they had just scaled down. There were at one at one point there were four reserve component SF groups, hmm. uh, 11th, 12th, 19th, and 20th. At the time, 11th and 12th were gone, but 19th and 20th were still around. I was in 20th group. So uh, got got to uh, go to SF training and language training. Dave and was actually in 19 and a half, which was even top, more top secret. That's, yeah, it's super secret. 19 or 20, the 19.5. Yeah, it's his a crazy name, cool patch. His code name was actually Agent Orange. Most people don't know that. <laughs> what if... 
What if like this was the moment that Mike, after all these decades, has found out that I'm it's totally stolen valor from me? <laughs> like he starts talking to me, and I'm like, yeah, no, I really can't talk about it. You know, there's just, you know, oh my god, it's <laughs> it all comes hey, pouring I, out of this I, podcast. I've seen crazier stolen valor, valor stories. I've seen guys sell their line of bullshit. So uh, just not to give away the store too much, but when I was in twentieth group, we actually had a guy who was about to make sergeant major. And that's how we figured out his whole military career was fabricated. Wait, yeah. he was in the military, but had not been. At- he, so the only schools he had ever actually gone to were the special forces qualification course. Uh, at, well, no, I take that back. He had been a, a bulldozer driver in the Marine Corps, but he came to the SF National Guard saying I was in force recon in Vietnam. So I've already been to jump school. I've already been to dive school. I've already been to free fall school. I'm already a jump master. I'm already a dive master, all this other stuff. So this guy was like, he was like a God among gods, right? I mean, we, I looked up to the guy. So did everybody else. That's why he was about to make Sergeant major and then come to find out everything. Again, he had been a PFC in the Marine Corps, had gone to Vietnam as a, as a bulldozer driver, but all these cool, all these qualifications he claimed to have uh, were completely bogus. Uh, so, oh, wow. how do you fabricate a, a DD two fourteen like that? Though? This guy like, was how, a how master. That... Of, this guy was actually a master of that. And there, it was. <clears throat> I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to. I don't want to get sued because I know he's 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 still alive and he's still out there. But some people were saying that they even suspected he had like an engineering uh, cert- certification that said like he could go as a hard hat diver and inspect like, like bridge pilings and stuff like that. And he would get contracts from the state of Florida. <laughs> and there were even allegations that his engineering background was bullshit. That Amazing. explains some. So the next time you're driving over, a, the next time you're, yeah, <laughs> next time you're driving over a bridge in Florida, good luck to you. <laughs> hmm. The guy wow. that inspected that might've made his shit up underneath. It says Sergeant major was here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, 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 oh, kind of jump back into where we were. So I went back on active duty. I went to Seventh Special Forces Group uh, initially as an engineer. Uh, eventually, I became an SF medic and then an intelligence sergeant. Went to medical school. Uh, I actually was in the process of applying to medical school when 9/11 happened, and in 2002, I matriculated. Uh, went to med school for four years. Did three years in an emergency medicine residency program, and then immediately went right back to the community. I was assigned uh, to JSOC uh, to uh, the Tier One Medical SMU, which at the time was known as the Joint Medical Augmentation Unit. They've they've since changed the name, but spent uh, six years with them and did five deployments, um, basically providing direct medical support to all the all the cool cats that people make movies and write books about and stuff like that. So nice. And then, so that, uh, yeah. what what made you get out? And then kind of what did, what did you jump into when you came back? Yeah. So, uh, I got, I retired in 2016 with 32 years. I probably, if the, if the war, if op tempo was the same, I probably would have stayed in, um, as op tempo started to dip off and I knew that I was going to, I, I, I kind of, I had already planned around 2014. I had already started kind of eyeing, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm probably going to get out sometime within the next couple of years. And so, uh, on the advice of some other people, I was going to stay in the unit the whole time on uh, the advice of some others who were smarter than, than me. 
Um, I, I, it's one of the good things about always being the dumbest guy in the room. There's always plenty of people there to give you advice. Uh, they said, Hey, don't do that. Make sure you get out, give yourself enough time to get all your stuff lined up for the civilian world, which I did got out, did civilian practice for a while in emergency medicine through a couple of different hospital systems. I wasn't really thrilled with that. Uh, and in the interim, I ended up, uh, working in uh, the pre-hospital supply space with a couple of different companies. Uh, I worked for a company called Sheepdog Response for a while as their medical training director. Some of your listeners might be familiar with uh, with that company. It's uh, it's owned by by Tim Kennedy, uh, and they're they're still doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, in between time, I, I did a couple of seasons of a docu reality show for the History Channel called Hunting Hitler, which is what is uh, probably the only thing I really get re- ever get recognized for. Tim, and uh, was Tim part of that too? Tim was part of that. Tim was the one that recruited me for the show. Actually, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he okay. he did all three seasons. I came on board uh, in season two, and then uh, I also work as a as a tactical SWAT physician. So I do that here uh, on both the local and state level. Um, and uh, I've got a podcast and a website, and I sell some supplements. And as you mentioned, I wrote a book. Beautiful. Uh, what does day to day life look now like now for you? Yeah. Day-to-day life now, you know, typically, uh, typically I get up, uh, have something to eat, have my coffee, crank up the laptop. I usually spend the first two, two hours of my day kind of dedicated at the laptop doing work for, uh, the company that I work for in the pre-hospital supply space because, uh, they, I kind of do the opposite of what, you know, they tell a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, take care of yourself first because that company really doesn't care about you. I don't do that because I kind of see like, you know, Hey, if I'm getting a paycheck from them, I kind of, I kind of owe them the work on the front end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can always work into the evening on my own business if I need to. So I always prioritize my work for them, which typically is, can be anything from, um, working in, uh, the, the product development space to product marketing space. Uh, uh, I work with, I work with, product development. I work with regulatory. I work with marketing, social media, and I also work in training because uh, one of the great things about the company I work for is uh, we also make sure all of our employees are trained in how to use all of our products. So I'm I'm pretty active in in working on that. Uh, That's usually the first couple hours. Uh, About midday, I'm typically hitting the gym somewhere around 10 in the morning. Um, Go get a strength and conditioning workout in. Come back in the afternoon, respond to all you know, I usually launch a bunch of emails before I head out the door to the gym. So typically by the time I get back and I've had my lunch, people have responded to those emails and I manage them. And then kind of in the afternoon is when is the time that I set aside if I'm going to interview a podcast guest or to work on some very specific stuff uh, for for my for my business, uh, Graybeard Performance. And I do that. And then two, two Wednesdays a month, uh, I'm with the SWAT team uh, for training. Um you know, outside of the times that we're doing full mission profile stuff or actual, you know, serving warrants and and things of that nature. And then uh, two to three nights a week, I'm at jujitsu. So it's, it's pretty good life. I like it. Is it, what's most difficult about when you're teaching people to use the products in your system, Mm -hmm. when it comes to the penis pump, is that, that particular, the big thing is just getting over the fear. (laughs) <laughs> as, you know, as I think, you know, the, the biggest thing. Yeah, so yeah. I, I suggest that people crazy glue hair 
to the actual aperture. <laughs> Good lord! And, and, and I think, <laughs> yeah, especially with older guys, I, I think you know that that helps quite a bit. You know, you get some you get some seventies you know fro action going on there, and uh, it, it seems to be a little bit more appealing. <laughs> but I have to. I always emphasize to people the device is for enlargement. It's not supposed to bring you to climax. Yes, that's, yes. Uh, see, that's a little known problem, fact. That's yeah, a pro. Yeah. That's a pro tip right there. We're not going to charge tip. the yeah. audience log, on that one. Just log that away for later. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when it comes to sort of the overall, I guess, approach to your your in law enforcement, feel like <clears throat> there's there's a lull. You get started in the career. <laughs> And you're all gung ho. You're usually younger, mm-hmm. you know, running and gunning. You got the metabolism of, of a rabbit. You, you just kind of like do your thing. You'll hit the gym, whatever. But then uh, at the same time, you kind of hit middle age while you're also hitting usually a season in your career. Right. By by year eight to ten, where it's like, I'm pretty much over this now. <laughs> you know, like and so you're you're kind of over it but you're there and you got to ride it out for that 20 or 25 or whatever it is and in a lot of cases now it's it's 30 to 35 to even mm-hmm. get your full retirement. Yeah. So yeah, I guess talk to us about uh and by by all means we can shade this with more questions uh besides just me but uh, talk to me about what is what is most important for guys to be focused on to have a balanced approach to, yeah, I work a lot. I, I need to take care of myself, but I've also got a family, a growing family. I got times. How, how, do, how do you have like this balanced approach to fitness, nutrition, supplementation, mm-hmm. hormones, all that uh, for the typical guy on the job? Yeah, I think the big thing is is prioritizing it because you have to recognize all the things that you mentioned are important, right? Your, your vocation, obviously your, your wife, your children, those are, you know, supremely important. But I think if you prioritize your health, wellness, and fitness by recognizing that there are downstream effects to being healthy, i.e. if I am healthy, I'm better at my job. I'm a better father. I'm a better lover to my wife. I'm a better husband overall. I'm a better example to everyone in, in my family. I'm a better example to everyone that I see at work. And the, uh, and you know, because you've read my book, I talk about if you, rather than looking at fitness, most people either look at, at, at wellness and fitness as an obligation. And you hear them say things like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go to the, I gotta go work to work to work out today. Or yeah, I gotta, I'm supposed to go do And it's, they're dreading it, right? They don't really want to do it because they see it as an obligation. And then there's other people that kind of look at it as like they're a hobbyist, like they're just kind of dabbling in it. Like it's a it's a neat little thing you do just to amuse yourself. That's the most and, frustrating thing to see. I, yeah. I, when I'm at the gym, you can see that I, it's so. Oh yeah, I'm just here to take. I'm, to I'm here to take videos, or yeah, I'm, I'm here to I'm hang here, out. I, yeah, it's it's. God, it's so frustrating to see that. It's like you you come here, you you've done you've it's the hardest part is getting there, right? <clears throat> yeah. So apparently that's not the hardest part because like like you said, there's those people. It's like they get there and then all of a sudden they're just fucking like you're going, why are you even here? Like you're dedicating time out of your life 
and you don't even want to be here. Like you, you're just walking around, you know, weights or like not even like necessarily just being on social media, but just like just walking around or just doing like this. I'm not talking necessarily about females because females, I think, I think people have different ideas of what, um, what fitness is, um, especially like this old school thought process of like, you know, I just got to do a 10,000 reps of five pounds and, you know, I'll get tone, you know, things that I'm not even talking about that uh, or the people who just do like social media stuff. But I see people go in there. It's just like they're wasting their time. Mm -hmm. Why do they, it's like, why do they even bother going to the gym? You know, they could be seriously, they could just be getting high. Yeah, they might as well just go get fucking high. They didn't they're enjoy wasting more, their own know? time and they're also wasting other people's time because, right, because they're in the way. Right. And oh, I hate. Absolutely. I, I, I don't. Uh, I am really I am much different in the gym than I am on social media because I'm never, you know, uh, and I don't have an issue with it now because the gym that I go to, we all have there are two to three coaches that run this gym. So they're doing a, nobody's going in there and winging it. Everybody's doing a workout that was given to them by their coach. So we don't have that issue. But the the, the type of thing that you just described, that was the reason uh, in the 90s on Fort Bragg, Fort Bragg has a gazillion gyms and all of them are awesome. But I spent my own money to get an off post gym membership just so I wouldn't have to wade through that bullshit. Because yeah, when that. it's, you know, you know, the old saying, if something is free, it's essentially worthless. And that's how people treated the gym on Fort Bragg. You know, you'd have, and it's, it's always, it's always, for some reason, douchebags are always in groups of three. You have your alpha douchebag and then your two uh, beta and omega douchebags following him. <laughs> and the alpha douchebag is showing him some stupid bullshit. That's, that's not even how you knew, use that machine. Right. They'll, yeah. And, clearly they're know, going uh, to injure themselves someday. Yeah, yes. exactly. And, but it's like, I'm going to pay for a gym membership just so I don't have to deal with that. Cause it's so, you know, or you go in there on the day that like, Hey, we got off a little bit early. So I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go to Callahan field house on Fort Bragg and I go in there and the entire fucking mess kit repair unit decided to take off early that day. And they're all in there, you know, tying up all the machines. And it was just so frustrating. Um, but you know, again, you have, you know, people look at it as either an obligation or this hobbyist and the hobbyists, hobbyists are the ones that they go in, they kind of mess around with a little bit. They're sore as hell for two days and uh, they, they stretch that into a week. So they end up going like one or two times a week and you, you have to frame it. You know, the, I use the term in my book. I say, you need to, you need to have the mindset of a warrior athlete, that this is your lifestyle that you get up every day and you're saying, what am I doing? What fuel am I putting in my body? And what am I doing at the gym to make myself a better warrior athlete? And once you embrace that, um, at least for me, it, it's like the barriers come down. It's like, you know, this, this is just how I live and this, and I get so much enjoyment out of it. Cause I know that I leave every workout session knowing I am 1% better than I was the day before. And I'm not, you know, I, I am not perfect at this by any means. I mean, that's the reason you don't see pictures of me with my shirt off uh, on the internet. You know, I'm not some, some ripped genetically gifted uh, you know, world-class competitor athlete, but I, I put the time in and, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, consistency over time equals results. And uh, so I, I try my damnedest to be as consistent as possible. Um, nutrition for me is always the hardest part. I think it is for a lot of people because oh, there's yeah. so, so much good food that's just out there. Um, right. But you have to, especially Chachi's as queso. we get older. I mean, 
even reheated. Chachki's queso. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, you, Mike, you talked about as, especially as guys get older. And as we get older, the nutrition is even more important. You know, gone are the days when you can go out, eat the eat a whole tub of Chachki's queso, uh, you know, wash it down with a six pack of Coronas. And then get up at five o'clock the next morning and go on an eight mile run. Those days are gone. I mean, yeah. you just. Well, I, I think it's even more than that. Like, so like it hits you at 20, it hits you at 30, 40, 50, and I can imagine 60 mm-hmm. that it becomes even more important because like where I was at 40, um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I, I'm not there anymore, right? Like I'm not where I was, um, but I also have other, you know, y- we start breaking down, right? There's, you know, some people it's, and, and it boggles my mind that they're 55 or 60 years old and it's like they're supreme, like, like <laughs> specimens of health. And, and I, I just, I'm like, how the fuck are you not broken down? You know, it just yeah. happens, you know? And yeah. uh, I look at that, I'm like, man, that's just, it. but like even between 40 and 50, because people are like, I, you know, I rolling with these young guys, you know, who are like 20 and 25. I'm like, well, wait till you're, wait till you're 30. So then it's going to start hitting it at like, Every five years, like so, thirty it hits you, and then thirty-five, then forty. I said, but then it starts hitting you every three or two or three years. So like forty-two, forty-four, and then all of a sudden it hits you every year that you start realizing that you're getting older, that we are not who we we were when we were twenty. Matter of fact, I mean, I'm in, I'm actually in better shape now than I was when I was twenty, but that's only because I've I've made the effort. Um, but I can only imagine if I had the kind of effort. Uh, and the knowledge, the wisdom uh, at 20 that I do now, holy crap. I mean, I would have been ridiculous, you know, mm-hmm. but but hey, here I am now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. Even uh, in my late 20s, early 30s, I had a couple of time frames where I just I got in pretty phenomenal shape. But I look back on the on how I was eating and the routine I was doing, and I actually did a lot of stuff wrong. Cause I didn't know any better. So, you know, I could have been, like you said, I, I could have even been in even better shape. I turned 57 last month. Uh, and next month, May 11th is the one year anniversary of my total right hip replacement. So, so I, I know a little bit about what it's like to be, to be broken down. <laughs> it, it's, it, it is, <laughs> I know. It hey, does suck. But I, I got an artificial hip and I'm rolling and it, it gives my orthopedic surgeon absolute fits that I refuse to quit jujitsu. Uh, and every once in a while I'll send him a video of me doing box jumps just to like give him a <laughs> just, little panic, give him, just to give him a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. I had two discs replaced in my neck and my doctor actually said, he said, pretend like it, it never happened. So I was happy about that. Like he never yeah. said, well, you got to start taking it easy. Yeah. I think some people at some point they know like <laughs> you're just going to be an asshole, right? Like you're just going to do your thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he said, "Well, just be like you are." And obviously, yeah. my next and as a male escort, that really worse, affected but... Dave's income. Uh, so no, he, no, it was, he was the glad back to hear issues. His neck movement was the same exact thing. It was. Are you sure? Are you sure that, that doctor didn't say pretend like this never happened? And then he, and then he moved to Venezuela. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. That's and then right. he, yeah, and he's now he's gone. Like this guy was never even a licensed physician, so he's like, I was never here. <laughs> Sergeant Major, he, he's a physician too. Yeah. Catch him if you can. Well, same dude. It was the same dude. Now he's pretending to be a doctor. <laughs> well, when I woke up, he had a Russian accent. I felt like I was in Minority Report. He attached my fucking a string to a sandwich in their fridge. Took my freaking kidney. Yeah. <laughs> He said, oh, that's so good. He said, he, you have a rope in your left hand that leads to the refrigerator. You have a rope in your right <laughs> hand that leads to the bathroom. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, oh my god. What the so prioritizing training, I think, is is so important, right? Like, hey, you I hear this a lot from from guys because I, I obviously preach uh being on the mats and you know, going the extra mile to train. And a lot of times the excuse is, well, they, they should they should train me, they should be paying for me to do this. And I actually do agree. I, I think that that's a great yeah, thing I, to work I, toward. I do too. I mean, we, but if they don't, yeah, if they you, don't, you, you're choosing to be a part of a job yeah. that really does require you to, on some level, be a tactical athlete. Like yeah. that's really what you are. And mm-hmm. how, where, where do you think that line is in terms of how, I guess you can never be too skilled, but where, mm-hmm. where is the zone where like, is it, you know, do, do normal beat cops need to train to the level of special forces or how, how do they yeah have that balanced approach to fitness and yeah. and nutrition where you know they're still regular dudes coaching little league and hanging out mm-hmm. with you know they want to mow the lawn and have a beer too you know so it's like mm-hmm. where sure. where do you what's your advice to to cops to not go to extremes but also to take their training seriously yeah well i mean as so as somebody who's not a, who's not a cop uh, you know, I'm, I'm cop adjacent, I guess you would say. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, first of all, your health, I, I don't care who you are, you know, work, working out and being healthy and eating right. You know, that's, that's everybody that's, that's re- regardless, you know, I, you're a school bus driver, you work in a cubicle, you need to do something, whether that's body weight exercises, you know, eating, eating right and body weight exercises, if you can't afford a gym membership or, you know, uh, really, you know, high level nutrition or get a nutritionist. Um, that's one thing. But as a police officer, I mean, much like being in the military, you need to hold yourself to a physical standard. You need to be able to, you know, because uh, I, I got into a conversation one time and people were like, people were, were trying to like box in. I actually had somebody asking me questions where they were trying to box in, like, do, you know, well, police officers only need uh, strength and bursts of energy, you know, cause it's not like you're going to run a marathon or something like that. And the, I don't know where this guy was coming from, but he was trying to, he was trying to box people in on like, you know, let's hey, make it, let's make it simpler for him. Like you only need to work out this. And I'm like, well, I disagree with that. Cause what if you got this really vague call about somebody at a mall or in a housing project or, a, you know, apartment complex somewhere and you end up parking on the side that you thought was the right side and it's not the right side and you keep getting redirected and and you you've probably been there mike that you end up running from jogging from point a to point b and then you find out now i got to go to point c now i got to go to point d so next thing you know you've spent 40 minutes kind of at a jog and now the fight begins right so now you need strength you know power burst of energy you know uh explosiveness and all that stuff so uh, police officers really need to have very well-rounded fitness. And when it comes to jujitsu, when it comes to laying your hands on people, I think it's way more important for a police officer to have that skill than a soldier or even a special forces operator. Because I, I know SF guys who went their whole career that, uh, you know, they were, they were launching bullets and throwing grenades and never, uh, never going hands-on with somebody. You know, it's like every mission they were on, it was 
just stacking bodies. You know, they never got, they never went on the mission where, Hey, we really need to bring this guy in for questioning because he's a low level bomb maker. Or they, they never were in the situation where they came around the corner and somebody grabbed the barrel of their M4 and now they're in a scuffle fighting for it, right? So uh, guys have gone their entire military career fortunate enough to never engage in, the, you know, they, they might have been in combat, but never in the fisticuffs, right? Never going hands on. Yeah. But as a police officer, your tools, you know, the escalation of force continuum, right? Your, your tools and your weapon are the last resort. And anytime somebody's getting handcuffs on them, you're going to have your hands on them. And, and more and more and more, we're seeing the potential for that, that moment. The guys hear that first click and they decide, eh, I'm, maybe I'm not going peacefully after all. So I, I think for a police officer, uh, it's of, of paramount importance. And we could, we could do a whole two hours on, on why, why I think jujitsu is the best for that. And I think you do too. And, and, and I base that opinion on the respect I have for guys like you and Chad Lyman and Jay Wadsworth and uh, Jason Rebsch and other, you know, longtime police officers who happen to be jujitsu black belts and know the practicality and have tried boxing and Krav Maga and all this other stuff and, and have always come back to jujitsu. Yeah. What about, um, we, we've had this conversation uh, on some level about testosterone and hormones mm -hmm. and we said we would kind of save it. Uh, for when you were here to, to dive in a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> what are, what are you seeing from a, from a medical standpoint, these, these uh, statistics, I don't remember. Do you mm -hmm. remember Dave, what you pulled out? Like how, like the, the amount of testosterone in the average male now compared to, you know, the eighties or compared to even like before then, yeah, like it was rapidly declining like 40% yeah. since the sixties and 20% or 25 or whatever. Are, since the are 80s. these, are these stats accurate or what are you, what are you seeing in the field and yeah, what is this, they, what yeah. is the solution <laughs> supplementation, you know, injecting testosterone? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. That's, that's uh, a, a, a piece of this puzzle, but what are you, mm -hmm. what are you seeing as the problem? like mm -hmm. causing this and what are you, what are, what is your take on a, a kind of a comprehensive solution? What are the things that mm -hmm. things that guys that are still working through this and burning, burning their testosterone out adrenaline dump at a time? Yeah. Uh, what, what's, what do you think? Well, well you know, like but real quick though, real quick, I, uh, cause this is probably going to set you up for this. Um, Knowing that, um, like testosterone levels, I almost feel like the acceptability of lower testosterone is changing. I could be wrong as far as that, that in between, right? It's like the autism spectrum now, right? Like mm -hmm. the autism spectrum is like this big, right? Mm -hmm. Um, where they can they'll say, oh, 400 is a, 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 between 400 and 800 or 900 or even a thousand, like that's normal. And I'm thinking, holy shit, like that's that doesn't. I think that's a really shitty way to try to classify a, a reasonable testosterone level. What do you think about that? As you're gonna like you, you're gonna start speaking on it, but I just I, I had to mention that some people don't know what what that all means as far as like yeah. where their testosterone level is, what's acceptable. Because somebody I, I know a guy who had his tested at, at 400 on the dot, and his doctor is like, "Well, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect." And he's like, I know it's not perfect. Like, I've had this before where I've been tested, and I was at 450. And mm -hmm. the doctor's like, you're perfectly fine. And I was like, no, I can. T I know I'm not fine. I, I can feel that I'm not, like, 
<laughs> I'm not where I was. I can feel mm-hmm. my irritability. I don't, you know, I, it's, and again, I was, I always kind of like preface it with this. Like I, it, I never, I never went on testosterone for like sex, right? It was never like my, my drive for testosterone was because of fatigue, irritability, things of that nature that like my wife was noting. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I do have to say it's it's a good side effect, and I probably should <laughs> have written my wife a apology letter for all the years that I wasn't on it. But <laughs> but in the end, but like no, but seriously, like it was you know uh, there are certain things that drive us to want to be on it, and again that range is so big. So I'm sorry, I would leave it mm-hmm. with you. No, no, it's you bring up great points, and you, so uh, you mentioned the autism spectrum, so I think that's a good actually a good starting point. The reason being is, you know, people, uh, anti-vaxxers say this all the time. They're like, look at the, look, look at where the spike in autism rates were. Well, if you go back to where that spike starts, it's when we change the classification of what constitutes autism. Mm. That's why we are diagnosing it more. Cause what used to just be, <laughs> that guy's a goofy fuck is now, <laughs> right. You know, they're, they're on the spectrum, right? They're, they're autistic, right? So we are. I've got a family member who is in his seventies and he has just diagnosed himself with autism, uh, which he does well, clearly does not have. He is that allowable? Can you do he, that? I yeah, think you can. He, he right? absolutely, you can diagnose yourself. he absolutely does not it. have it, but he went to his doctor and said, Hey, I was reading this magazine, blah, 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 autism. And so the doctor just nodded and put it in his permanent record. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's That's in amazing. his permanent record now. Uh, but Are there any tax benefits to this? Cause I could go to the doctor tomorrow. <laughs> right. <and get> it. <laughs> if there were, I, I'd be one of the, cause I'm a goofy fucker. We all know that. <laughs> um, but what has happened over time? Jet, we have a, we have generationally, we have lower testosterone levels. Um, we have kind of two, uh, we have an epidemic of low testosterone that, as you said, so what they did is they just said, wow, everybody's testosterone is going down. Okay. Well, let's, let's change the normal range. We're going to move the normal range so that what what average is now fits right in the middle of that. It's they like didn't bother what's causing it, whatever. They're just kind of like, oh, we just we're just you know getting less less testosterone, less masculine as time goes on. Um, what uh, within that epidemic is kind of a mini epidemic among uh, military. You know, soft operators, especially also law enforcement and first responders. It's funny that we're talking about this because if you, I have a, uh, a special supplementary episode of the Mind of the Warrior podcast coming out tomorrow that is on uh, a phenomenon that has been uh, noted known as operator syndrome. And one of the features or possible features of operator syndrome is low testosterone, is endocrine. Uh, abnormalities and and that and I talk about it in depth in there uh I'll talk about society first and then I'll talk about kind of you know operators and and first responders society wise what we're looking at is uh we're not getting good clean sources of protein like we used to all of our food is processed that undoubtedly uh play, plays a part in it um it could also be you know there's there's hormones in a lot of our meat now that probably plays a part in it as well. Increased screen time has been tied to it. Sedentary lifestyle, absolutely tied to it, right? Uh, everything uh, up to including, you know, the, the BPAs that we all hear about, these terrible BPAs that are in plastic bottles, 
those can lower your testosterone. We're not getting enough sunlight. We're not getting enough fresh air. We're not getting enough vitamin D. All of these contribute. Uh, now add to that, we had we, we made people absolutely terrified of cholesterol, right? We did that for a very, very, very long time. Oh my God. And, yeah. Yeah. I, we, we just, we made, and it, cholesterol, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a cholesterol denier. Like a lot of these carnivore people are, I'm not one of them, but it's, we made people way more terrified of cholesterol than they should yeah. be, which includes- We were afraid of eggs back in the, like not that long ago, technically. Right where I'm going with this. Well, hey, guess what you need? Guess what hormone you absolutely require testosterone, where you require, you require uh, cholesterol to make? Can anybody guess? Testosterone. Okay. Cholesterol is the backbone of a testosterone molecule. You have to have cholesterol in your system. That's why when I went on TRT, I went from pristine cholesterol numbers to my numbers going up because now I'm not using that substrate to make my own testosterone Ah, anymore. mm -hmm. Right. So I do have to watch my testosterone because to me, it's just, it's just floating around and not really doing anything. Right. Because I'm using exogenous testosterone. So, you know, so sedentary lifestyle, not exercising, not our, our food is not, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, pure. It's not clean food, uh, screen time, all this other shit that we're putting in our bodies. Uh, and then, you know, terrifying people of foods that they actually need to have a proper hormonal access. So all of this has happened. Now I'll talk about but do you think then that um, do you think then it's accurate to change the scale then? Because it's not like people are going back. I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm just kind of like playing devil's advocate here. I mean, at some point, well, almost like ninety percent of what you're talking about yeah. is shit that will never change. That is like that is human beings now, humanity. But so uh, the average blood pressure has gone up. Are we are we just saying that that's a normal blood pressure now? I'm no. sure they will. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they I, I'm sure they won't. And here's why I'm sure they won't. Cause there's money in putting people on blood pressure medication. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, there's no, I, and I'm not a big pharma conspiracy theorist, but you cannot, but there patent, is a reality. You can't patent bioidentical hormones. So there's actually not a mod, lot of money to be, you know, people are pretending like that. Oh, this whole testosterone thing is just a money making scam. There's actually not a m- lot of money to be made in testosterone because you can't patent bioidentical hormones. And you and what, the only what does way, that mean? What, do you, what does that mean? If, bio- if the if the human body makes it, and all I'm doing is giving you something that's that's oh. exactly the same as what your body would make. All right. Yeah, I can charge you, can't you for put that, a patent on it, but I can't. I can't put a patent on that. That's why nobody owns all of these TRTs that are out there. Uh, yeah. There's there's not a patent on any of them. I see. Right. Yeah, so that so the drug companies that make them, I get uh, for my patients that I prescribe, I get them from a compounding pharmacy, and uh, it's they're not, you know, they're they they got to have a lot of customers a year in order to turn a profit because the I know exactly what their margins are on every bottle of testosterone that I get from them and then and then have shipped from to a patient, and their margins are not high at all, uh, at all. I mean, it's it's barely covering the the cost of you know shipping and everything else. So th- so they have to and have that's a huge again volume. why I produce my own testosterone yeah. at home. You've yeah. always said that too, and yeah. market that. I mean, that's what Dave has been injecting. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 
so far. But, so, but no, if you no, no crazy side effects that I'm aware of. If you if you're if you're gonna sell your own testosterone, you need to have on the label. It needs to say fresh squoze. <laughs> if you're gonna sell your own testosterone, Mike, you actually have to have some. So like, we have to. We'll dig deep for that. Well, I try to keep mine low because it spikes so high so often that I'm trying to kind of like just maintain a, you know, a, a well, lower floor. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because so when I so I worked midnights uh, on shift for 18 years, almost 18 mm-hmm. years, and I went to uh, I went to day shift, and I was already on TRT, mm-hmm. and I I see a urologist every six months, mm-hmm. and uh, I tested so I do a blood like a week before so they have the results when they get, you know whatever, and it my my shit was 1500 plus, and the doc's like uh. Yeah, that's not that's not good. They thought they thought it was like there was a, a mistake or something. Took it again, mm-hmm. fifteen hundred plus. He's like, okay, dude, you got to cut this shit in half. Well, I'm doing one cc. I've only ever ever done one cc. I do it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I split it in two, so I mm-hmm. I, I inject twice a week, mm-hmm. um, and it. So I had to go down to to half a cc, uh, mm-hmm. and so it finally went down. But after even after two weeks, it was still at fifteen hundred plus. I'm like. Good lord, am I going to die here today? Like, what's going to happen? You know. And yeah. then it did go down. I would like to. I would I, love I, to die from high testosterone. That'd be epic. <laughs> Put that in my obituary. Well, I, it's but it's crazy because you're thinking, what the fuck? You know, like because you don't feel any different. I didn't feel any different. You know. Well, um, but and, and I'll but and I'll I, tell you like, why. Because when once you get over kind of a saturation point, you don't your receptors can't use anymore. So that again, that's just excess shit floating around in your blood. Is and I don't crazy? even, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give two shit. People always, I get this all the time. I get it as a, as a social media question or as an email question or, uh, people have had people approach me on the street and in airports and ask me, it's like, Hey doc, my, my testosterone is 400. I'm 42 years old. What do you think? And I, and I'm like, okay, well, I think three things. First, I'm not giving you medical advice cause you're not my patient. Uh, <laughs> uh second, the actual number means nothing to me. And I'll tell you why, because different labs use different assays. Uh-huh, so like for, for one lab, the range might be 250 to 600. For another lab, the range might be 300 to 700. And for another lab, the range might be 150 to 500. So I don't know. Are they know. still doing the same test though? Or, and they're just classifying it, it, de- it how it they depends. want? Not, yeah. Not all of them are the same test. And and also, when we talk about that number, when when I whenever when I ever hear a three digit number, I know they're talking about their total testosterone. I don't give two shits about your total testosterone. I only care about your free testosterone, mm-hmm. right? Okay, because yeah, yeah. your free testosterone tells me if you're able to use it, if you have enough to be used. So if your free is low, that means you're burning up all that you can, and you're still your receptors are still craving more. Right? Yeah, when I so, when I got tested, I had to have my I think that they they had for my age whatever whatever that the range was it was like yeah. let's say 500 to 800 was considered the mm-hmm. normal range for my yeah. age I was at like 670 something like mm-hmm. that so they're like okay you're good there but my free was mm-hmm. like one or two or something like yeah. out of so in eight the, in right the, in the, the normal the would be toilet. like eight yeah. Yeah. so um, but they're like, okay, I said, what does that mean? They said, basically like you've got a million dollars in your bank account, but you're walking around with a $5 bill in your pocket. And so it doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. want to buy the plane, 
you can't because <laughs> like you've only got five dollars cash. I'm like, all right, that makes right. sense. That's so, a great way. They, to, yeah, that's a great way to word it. Yeah. What yeah. they did for me was they. I cannot remember what the uh, what the medication was, but they put me on this medication for. Uh man, I think it was like a ten week run or something like that. Mm-hmm. And th- what they said was like the sex hormone binding globulin was yeah ridiculously high. So they put yep. me on something like that yeah. to knock that out and open up the receptors again. And then when mm-hmm. I redid my blood work, everything had returned to like almost like a nor- like a much n- more normal level. My mm-hmm. overall testosterone was still like pretty much the same, but my free mm-hmm. had gone up, and I definitely was like feeling way more normal you know like i i was having like before like just more mood swings and recovery was was worse and um last year maybe like yeah like early like checked again like do you are you doing every six months like no i am like if it happened it might happen i'm due i'm due it to check blood work again but they they told me and i and again, we're not we're not trying to give anybody medical advice or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like the way that it was explained to me from the doctor was that once that's done, once that round is done, I, I should be good. You know, like mm-hmm. it it kind of fixed the problem, yeah. um, at least temporarily. So I don't have to like stay on a medication because good. whatever it did, it opened it up so that it worked mm-hmm. right again. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's. My, my mentor on kind of all of this, because I, I did go to a training course before I would even prescribe anybody, even though I had learned a lot on my own, I went to a, a, tra- a training course before uh, I would was willing to take on a patient that specifically I was taking him on for TRT. But my mentor in this is my, my good friend, uh, Dr. Drew Wingy, who I went through residency with. Uh, he's a jujitsu black belt, so you know he's legit. Uh, and he's been doing age management, testosterone replacement, hormone replacement for a while. So when I have r- weird wazoo questions about things like sex hormone binding globulin, stuff like that, he's always the person that I talk to. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, he and I just recently did an hour sit down, basically talking about all this stuff, about free, te- free testosterone versus total testosterone, uh, about what it means when you take that step to be on testosterone. But uh, something I want to touch on because I think it's important and you brought up you know, that you were working all these weird shifts. And that's, uh, if, if you listen to the podcast I'm, I'm, that's coming out tomorrow, I talk about work, uh, reverse cycle, sleep deprivation, all these things that raise your cortisol levels and screw you up. These are all things that really screw up your hormone axis uh, really bad. And yeah, uh, I had no idea. It was, yeah, I mean, most guys, that's why we see, we see a, a really high prevalence of, 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 uh, people needing to be on TRT in the operator community and the law enforcement and first responder community. And that's, I attribute that to, to a couple of different reasons. One is all of the factors that go into operator syndrome. So, uh, poor sleep hygiene being, being one, uh, long periods of time where you're kind of just burning the candle at both ends and burning you out, burning, burning out is, is certainly one of them. That, Uh, That is not law enforcement though. Nobody in police work does that. Nobody at all. Nobody's nobody in law. There's nobody in law enforcement is ever tired ever. And no, usually, yeah, usually burnout is not a is not an issue. It was a factor. Any, nobody I know. Nice try though. Not a single. It's never happened. Not a single time ever. This is the state of Michigan, my friend. Yeah. Uh, another thing is is traumatic brain injury. So you know if you 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 rock your melon around, 
uh, all of the signals that go down and make, you know, all of the neurochemical signals that eventually make their way to the pituitary gland. And then the pituitary gland is kind of the conductor of the orchestra telling all of your uh, uh, endocrine organs to secrete what they're going to secrete and how much to secrete. And if your pituitary gland is not functioning properly or your hypothalamic axis is off, which I talk about uh, tomorrow, um, then your testosterone is going to be low. You're, you're both Can you're I ask you a question your- about that? Sure. Because so like uh, brain injuries, uh, mm-hmm. this is fast. I had no idea. Would are they liable to my fucking mic here? Are they liable to? I mean, with somebody with like a, a traumatic brain injury, uh, you said that it's going to affect their testosterone. Now, it would, can. Uh, would yeah, it can. Well, we'll say yeah. we'll say in this case, some case it does. This one case, case okay. A. Okay, case um, A. Are they are they liable to uh, to do TRT for somebody with brain injury, or is there other concerns where they're like, well, maybe we should not do that? And, you know, I mean, is there always other concerns, or is it like, no, dude, this is one of the first things we do. We try to get them back up to their normal levels, and you know. Well, and here's what here's what I uh, great question. So, uh, body health is brain health. So you know, when people ask me, what can you do for what can I do to have a healthier brain? You know, I've got. Alzheimer's runs in my family or Parkinson runs in my family. What can I do for brain health? Basically anything you can do for physical health equates to brain health. I mean, your, your, hmm. your brain is, is an organ, right? So, uh, you know, eating right, plenty of water, uh, your, your brain is really, sus- re- very, very susceptible to sleep deprivation and being off a sleep cycle. Your brain is very susceptible to altitude. If you're not conditioned to be at altitude, uh, your brain, that's why, uh, Guys that get TBI at altitude have much, much worse symptoms, right? Because mm. you're kind of already, wow. you're already, your brain is kind of already in a state of hypoxia, not getting enough oxygen. And uh, which means with your, your, your nervous system, when it's not getting what it wants, your nervous system is a little bit like a toddler. When it doesn't get what it wants, it throws a tantrum and it, and it, uh, you, you everybody's had kids knows, right? Your, your kid's in the high chair and you, you put the food in front of them and it's all over their fucking face. And then they throw the goddamn thing and it's all over the kitchen floor, right? That's what brain cells do when they're not getting what they need, right? They, they produce all these toxins. Uh, and that happens all, all day long. Like right now, while we're talking, uh, our nervous system is producing these toxins and they're hanging out in our central nervous system. Then at night, when we go to sleep, they all get filtered out. So what happens if you don't get enough sleep? All those toxins are still there. What happens if I, if my toddler throws a handful of spinach on the carpet and I leave it there for 48 hours, I don't pick it up. I got a big green stain on the carpet, right? Well, so imagine that big green stain on one of your brain cells in the form of what we call a plaque. That's where dementia comes from. Right. Mm. If you're not if you're not getting proper sleep, you're not flushing out these toxins, you're building up these plaques in your brain. And the next thing you know, you're walking around telling stories. Oh, and then my dad said, hey, Joey, <laughs> you know, shit like that. I see what you <laughs> Wait, did there. Where did this come from? <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> That's oddly specific. <laughs> oh, you're, so good. And you're walking around calling people, you know, lion dog pace pony soldiers and shit like that <laughs> and nobody that's not a good look not for anybody oh God. a lot of a lot of plaque at the top level yeah. of politics so just just in the interest of equal time i just want to throw in a, a joke coming from the other side i want to say that mike's testosterone 
are so awesome. It's like Trump NFTs. <laughs> Get them yeah. while you e- can. E- equal time. Equal time. Yeah. I also do that on the side with my my testosterone. Is I, I I donate it to Dave, and I also make NFTs out of it. So <laughs> gives you private access to my community. <laughs> Mixed with resin. So gross. Oh, I put that in epoxy on end tables. Yeah, it's a. Uh... <laughs> oh, so dumb. Golly. So, okay. Um, with the testosterone issue, obviously it is a prevalent thing. Mm-hmm. Um. We, we've talked about cholesterol. We've talked about a, a little bit of the idea that uh, other other factors in our endocrine system are, are going to kind of lead to uh, possible issues with testosterone. What about what what role does adrenaline play in that picture? Because obviously, is that a factor for operators or law enforcement with like the constant adrenaline dumps that happen over time or no? Uh if if it's if it's a if you're getting them all the time, it's not the adrenaline. And uh, I have a little bit of resistance. You, you, there's a there's a diagnosis that's out there that's a, a little bit of what we call a trash can diagnosis called adrenal fatigue, and it doesn't really mean anything, right? And it's kind of a it's kind of a diagnosis of exclusion. So a diagnosis of exclusion in medicine means all right, we've 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 looked for all these other things and we couldn't find it. We don't have a test for this other thing, but because we eliminated everybody else, we're, we're falling back on the diagnosis of exclusion. But unfortunately, in modern medicine, a diagnosis of exclusion means I'm just so fucking tired of hearing your shit. Here's a diagnosis. Get the fuck out of my office. (laughs) So, yeah, and that's why fibromyalgia is really, really, really overdiagnosed. Right. It's it is a real thing, but any inexplicable pain. Yeah, it's like, ow, oh, you got fibromyalgia. Get out of my office, right? It's because I because I don't want to hear your shit anymore. Uh, which it's a you know it's a real diagnosis, and people really really have it. But again, it's a it's a it's a diagnosis of exclusion, it's, and it's a little bit of a trash can diagnosis, and it's a little bit of a dangerous diagnosis too, because uh, there are people that have had legitimate stuff that could have been treated up to and including types of cancer that were diagnosed with fibromyalgia or chronic Lyme. Uh, you know, some of these other kind of catch all trash can uh, diagnoses of exclusion and adrenal fatigue is kind of in that category. What can happen if you're constantly going through this state of kind of hyper excitability, you know, uh, you can, you can get uh, over time. What happens is you, because adrenaline is kind of your short burst stress hormone, right? That's an adrenaline, you know, is very helpful, right? It speeds up your heart rate. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the, that the hairs on your arms and, and the back of your neck stand up. You're, you're more aware of your surroundings, your pupils, uh, dilate, you're taking in more light, your peripheral vision widens, uh, time seems to slow down a little bit, right? Cause you're kind of a, a hyper excitable, uh, these are and Sounds it also like every time you, I go to Mike's house. Yeah, it it, it also <laughs> helps you mobilize glycogen, right? Which is how you store your sugars in your muscles and in your liver, and that becomes fuel. That becomes readily available fuel, right? So these are all great things. But if that's happening all the time, then your body starts to go, well, goddamn, you're getting attacked by bears like every fucking fifteen minutes. We are not. In a, well, this is not a good good way to live. We're gonna go ahead and elevate your cortisol. Right. And we're just going to keep your cortisol chronically elevated. And so elevated cortisol, 
that means you're in basically survival mode. So if you go all the way back to our ancestors, you can't sleep right? very well on high levels of cortisol, right? No, you cannot. And then yeah. and then not sleeping then makes them even higher, right? So do you guys remember a movie from the 1980s called The Clan of the Cave Bear? You guys remember that movie? No, but I'm intrigued by this title. It's a it's a good movie actually. So it's a, it's a, it's imagine it's a prehistoric Daryl Hannah movie. What's not to love, right? Ooh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, everybody needs to see Clan of the Cave Bear. It's actually a really good movie. So, but there's a scene in that. It's it's these Neanderthals, and there there's this one point where, basically, there's like an earthquake or something, and they 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 lose their home. So they're they're in survival mode. They're basically wandering from place to place, trying to find another place that they can live, uh, and live safely. So I, you look at that, and I, I always reflect on that. That's like the best example of a time when everybody's cortisol levels would be high, right? You don't know where your next meal is coming from. Uh, you're being chased by by saber-toothed tigers and bears. Um, you're not sleeping right. There it is. Yeah, Amazing. that's it. That's Clan of the Cave Bear right there. Hello. So, yeah. so but, but, but what does that mean? So if, if, if you're in survival mode, is your body going to say, hey, you know what? We might be dead tomorrow. Now's a really good time to bring a fucking baby into the world. No. So that means your sex drive goes down because your testosterone is going down, ah, right? Yeah, yeah. Women in L with L chronically elevated cortisol tend to not ovulate, right? So, and uh, it also, that's what else does cortisol do? Shit, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. I better store as much as I can as fat in case I need to use it later, mm. right? So that's, you know, your car, your cortisol's up, you're not sleeping, you have no sex drive, your testosterone's in the toilet, you're putting on body fat because we don't know. We, we might be dead tomorrow. Well, we're doing a lot of things in modern society and shift work being one of them and reverse cycle being one of them that cause people to have chronically elevated cortisol. There's people that have chronically elevated cortisol probably because they spend too much time fucking reading Don Lemon's tweet tweets on fucking Twitter, you know, because they're so, you know, you know, poor guy is so fucking stressed out, you know, how he's going to pay for his $6 million house. I have no idea. And I'm really worried about the guy. Um, <laughs> well, do so, you think yeah. um, like, so it basically, it's like an instinct drug. Like the cortisol yeah. is, is like an instinct drug. Like that's yeah. when we talk about instincts um, mm -hmm. and survivability, we should be talking about cortisol, but is there ever a time where your body is so used to high cortisol levels that, that it changes um, kind of how you how the body uh, takes it in or understands it. So like it goes, all right, motherfucker, you've been here for eighteen years. Let's let's raise the like let's raise it up even higher because obviously you mm -hmm. you've, you you've, you your survivability. You survived this long. We'll just say we'll go back to the caveman times, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, you you've been alive for fifteen years. You're fifteen year old. Nobody lives this long. Do they? Does cortisol ever keep going up? And if, is there ever an acceptable level like where you know what I'm saying? Like, is is does it ever like adjust with your body? Um, I'm not an endocrinologist, and I don't know. I wish I, I I wish I had an answer to that. I feel really stupid that I don't. No, um, it, you, know, yeah, you know, let's I, get I Fauci know, on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fauci, he's a fucking genius. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking a <of> narcissist, <laughs> uh, it's it, 
you know, a chronically elevated cortisol, basically it shuts off a lot of shit that's really important. It wreaks havoc and, and it make it's one of those cyclical things that it, it then everything that's going bad is what makes your cortisol go higher. And then having high cortisol makes your life even worse. So it's this terrible cyclical thing. And then that's why it's really hard to kind of bring people out of that on the back end. And I would guess that, um, I, I, I think Mike probably, uh, elevated cortisol, I'm pretty sure goes hand in hand with elevated sex hormone binding globulin. So, you know, you had probably been on the tail end of, of some elevated cortisol issues mm. and your, your, your sex hormone binding globulin was still elevated and it just had never gone back down to normal levels. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, when it comes to, um, supplementation right now, guys, so I would say <clears throat> if you're going to survive like this career, uh, mm -hmm. be aware that, okay, we, so far we've kind of, uh, let me, let me piece this together. Walk this through. Okay. One, take care of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because the best version of you in every area of life starts at a foundational level with your fitness overall, mm -hmm. right? So like you're a, you are a better cop, better husband, better father, better community member, uh, all that stuff because you you take care of yourself physically, nutritionally, all that stuff. Now, the the nature of shift work or other uncontrollable factors as part of the job is going to kind of wreak havoc on you. So get your blood work done. Mm -hmm. Get it checked out. Make sure that you're getting what you need to keep as balanced as possible. When it comes to supplementation, there's so there's probably no other aspect of fitness and nutrition that I am more lost in. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people are lost because everybody's like, I'll just pop these multivitamins here. Uh, I'll get me some vitamin D over here. Uh, man, I better, I better get my melatonin. I better get my, um, whatever. And they're just like, got like this junk drawer of supplements. Mm-hmm what do we really need to be supplementing and why yeah. you know what I'm saying like what what is what is the right way what's the right way i guess to think about supplementation how do you mm -hmm. even approach it because it's like mm -hmm. i feel like it's a daunting task to to even know where do i begin with and yeah. i know that you talk in the book a little bit about some kind of key things to think about but i don't know what what are some principles to use here you know it it's it's challenging because um <laughs> it if it's it, that that's such a it's the whole supplement and vitamin thing is so layered and it's mired in in all of these like dead ends and and it's it's difficult to navigate it's it's not only is it difficult i i know how difficult it is to navigate as a physician for the layperson it's got to be incredibly difficult to navigate and you know the reason being is uh you know i've i've had my my wife come to me you know, hey, she's she's reading a book on you know uh, brain health or something like that, and she's like, hey, the a doctor wrote this or a nutritionist wrote this, and they're saying that I need that I should that everybody should be taking this many IU's of this, and I'll and then I go look it up, and I'm like, mm, no, there's not real good data on that, and it's like, oh, they're they're putting this on a there was a 12 patient study in Rangoon in 1978, <laughs> you know. They're, they're, you know, they're fucking putting it on that. There's so much, you guys saw how much misinformation and disinformation there was during COVID, right? Yeah. So best, my, my favorite example is when people said, 
oh man, they're taking hydroxychloroquine in India and they went a month without anybody dying from COVID. Well, not only did they go a month with nobody dying from COVID, but if you track their death tracker in India, they went a whole month that nobody in the entire country died. Not a single person died Amazing. for an, a whole month. <laughs> Do you know why that is? The guy who was responsible for inputting the data in their national database died of fucking COVID. <laughs> I was going to say they just didn't report it. I mean, that's yeah. how it goes, right? Yeah. We've talked about that. That's wild. Yeah. So it's like hey, nobody died of COVID. Also, nobody died of motor vehicle accidents, heart attacks, stroke, anything for that whole month. My God, hydroxychloroquine cures everything, right? So it it's, but there's so much garbage data out there. So when it comes to supplements, there's just so much garbage out there. And that's, you know, I, I've taken the time myself and I don't, I don't, I, I readily admit, I don't know every supplement out there that works. I know the things that I identified that I kind of needed. And then I went into PubMed and I started looking at studies. You know, I looked at the studies on turmeric. I look at, looked at the studies on L-citrulline. I looked at the studies on beta alanine. I looked at the studies on melatonin, on valerian root, uh, on, on THC and CBD. I've looked at the studies on all this stuff. And that's how, you know, I, I do have my own line of supplements, full disclosure. And that's how I kind of come to that conclusion. As I look at actual, there has to be clinical evidence, right? There has to be proof that, you know, it, it did this, it reduced inflammation, it, it elevated quality of life. It, it, you know, subjects showed better cognition, subjects showed better VO2 max, better athletic performance. Subjects reported, um, you know, uh, better erectile function after they were taking, you know, whatever. I, and I study all of this because I think it's important, but I, I get it that the layperson doesn't have time for that. And I, I get this comment quite a bit. They, people look at my supplements, which I have on the shelf behind me here. Tchotchkes. And they go, yeah, my and my tchotchkes. And they go, there's not a lot in these. And I go, yeah, that's because I only put in shit that works. Like uh, there's other people out there that'll sell and they'll a laundry list of bullshit that whatever is fucking flavor of the week, they'll put that in their supplements. And it's like, A, not e even if it does work, probably not everybody needs it. And, you know, and like, uh, there's a, a few, like not everybody necessarily needs iron supplementation. A lot of people do, but not everybody needs iron supplementation. Right. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's out there like that, that not, not everybody needs it. Uh, not everybody needs it in the amounts that they're, they're claiming that people need it. So it's, it's really hard to cut through that. And there's, there's a lot of physicians out there that'll put their name on shit and sell it to turn a profit without really doing their due diligence on that research. And what, and it's the medical community about every 10 years comes out with another paper that says, well, really, really, you don't need them at all. Like we've studied this and you, you really don't need what, well, but the caveats on that are a, if you're an average person and I don't market to average pre people, I market to warrior athletes and B that's if you are eating, a really good diet, which nobody's really eaten in the United States in quite some time, right? So nobody's getting enough, you know, lean, you know, uh, green leafy vegetables. Nobody's getting enough good lean protein and meats. You know, they're they're eating crap. So for yeah. that reason, you know, I do think supplementation is important, and I gear all of myself. I don't I don't market one pill and say, hey, just take this and you're going to live to be a hundred years old. 
You know, I've got something for inflammation and healing. I've got something to help people sleep. I've got something that increases uh, your your athletic performance and 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 according to clinical trials, your sexual performance as well. I've got something that'll naturally boost your energy through yerba mate, a natural source of caffeine and and uh, and B vitamins and uh, branch chain aminos. These are the things that I concentrate on so that you can, I don't, I don't like this one size fits all, you know, I'm going to take a Centrum every day, not to throw Centrum out of the bus. Cause I, I took them for a long time and they're, they're a good vitamin, but you know, I, I feel like if, if you say, well, my only issue is sleep or my only issue is I'm too tired to work out, uh, then I want you to have something that specifically is tailored for that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, all right. So listen to the doc, everybody. If you're a cop, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you get your blood work checked. Make sure that you're consulting someone that's not an idiot and just giving you <clears throat> an autism diagnosis because you're weird, you know? Uh, <laughs> check, you know. check things out. Um, it's So it's weird to me. Okay, so I, I wrote down a, f- a few things that um, – because I, I really feel like we literally are just scratching the surface. Oh, of, there's no doubt about it. I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I feel dumb because like, I feel like we we haven't even really even scratched the surface. And so hopefully this is a good taste for people. I'd love to have you back on. Like, I found myself just sitting here like in in some somewhat of an amazement uh, because I'm just so fascinated by uh, by health. You know what I mean? As far as mm-hmm. Even though I may, I may not practice perfect health, I'm still fascinated by it, especially the older I get. But a couple of things that I I was looking at is first of all wives, right? Like if it wasn't for my wife, I and I guarantee it's the same with you and Sherry and you and your wife that if we didn't have the wives that we did, we wouldn't be the people who we are. And not just like oh because 100%. we love each other. We're talking about like my I would wife be superior. knows I'd be a superior. <laughs> That's person. true. But my wife knows how important health is to me. She knows that I want to go. I need to go to jujitsu. She knows I need to work out, and and because those are huge sacrifices. But that's without an understanding family, you will you'll never be there. So I guess long story short, dump your significant other if they're not letting you go to the gym. That's it, plain and simple. There is no no other. No options fucking for that. preach. Amen. Amen. That's it's and I've been in toxic relationships like that where. Uh, they, they, they bitch about my personal development. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is we, I, I am at the age, uh, and I wish I was younger where I have no problem talking about my poop schedule, my testosterone levels, the things that I do to keep myself sane, healthy, uh, and things of that nature. I, I, I urge younger people uh, especially you young coppers out oh, there, man. military people, talk more, you know, speak more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys are get embarrassed to talk about health, I guess, <laughs> issues. And sure, privacy can be a concern on some level. I mean, you got to have some level of trust that people aren't just running around talking shit behind your back or whatever. But I mean, who cares? Whatever, you know, I don't I don't I don't care about that stuff. Um. Is Dave the only one frozen? Am I is back? My question. I am I am I, I back Dave's or no? Dead. I can see you moving. Oh, now okay. Dave's moving again. So okay, am yeah. I back now? Because I I don't know well, what the fuck happened. I would just clearly the talking. government's trying to restrict me. 
Can you hear not me? Not really. No. Yeah, the government is not happy with your message. Um, so I can't, I can't, I can't mute Dave. I don't know why. Uh, why? The, how come I don't have that kind of control, Elijah? Oh, it won't let. Me. It wouldn't let me completely. I, we'll I just, just kicked kick him out. out. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, so one of the things uh, we are, yeah, I think that there's definitely like tons of follow up opportunity. I think on the on the the health and fitness discussion side, I commend everyone that's watching this to to grab a copy of the honed book and a lot of the things that we're talking about dude it's like it's it's very much and this is a compliment not a not a knock it's big bird and cookie monster style man it's not it's not complex reading it's not like you don't feel like you're reading a study or something like it really is personal and and uh an effective efficient read that i think if you implement those things will uh will be better for it yeah now well, I, I and i appreciate that because that's exactly how i intended it when i wrote it that's good man and, and it's it's my it back awesome here read. or you're back you are you're back yeah. okay yeah. jesus christ what the fuck this is bullshit <laughs> the government man I, i've got a solution but, after I'll, I'll tell you oh i bet you do but well okay so let me just say this real quick before i get booted by the government again um that i wish that i had started talking about my health when i was younger yeah. Um, so like I, I can talk about anything now, but back then I wish I, now I look back going, man, I wish I would have taken my health seri more serious, but I wish I would have been able to be more open. Cause if you imagine being 20 or 30 years old and admitting that you are on testosterone, nobody, you'd never right. have done that. Right. That's just not a thing. But, right. uh, and that's why I do encourage that. But the last thing is I, I saw a lot of people in the comments that get TRT. Uh, mm. and the thing is. When you get your blood test, because if you're going with a urologist or whatever, you know, a, a medical professional, read, uh, learn and read uh, the blood work. Uh, learn how to do it because, uh, and you, you, you're new to this, but I've been talking to these guys about some of the medical issues that I've been having. Had I known that my hemoglobin was so high, like my, so my hemoglobin I, uh, a few weeks ago came out at 19.8. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so you need to obviously give that's, yeah, obviously that's concerning, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. the, they said stop testosterone and stop creatine because my kidney levels were out, out, off the chart too. They're ridiculous. Yeah. So, okay, the, so the, I did the, that. the creatine, they're wrong. Well, it, well, <laughs> they did it. They, they wanted me to do it because they knew, they knew that they were going to get a more accurate reading. They know it doesn't affect my kidney levels, mm -hmm. but it, fucks the test up and it did yeah, and now my I, my like i i did it and it was perfectly normal do okay do what they told you to do but i don't agree with them but but okay. i want you it, to which do is, what they it, told you to do yeah yeah, yeah. But, so but the testosterone they said because my testosterone was a, a, a thousand and they're like mm -hmm. he said take the stop doing the testosterone let's see if it brings your hemoglobin down mm -hmm. uh so i did it another uh just for the for the people listening because they've been listening to me there's uh, it's at 19 now. So it did go down, but it's been a little over two weeks and that's about as much yeah. as it's going to drop. Uh, yeah, so it's still at 19. So I did a double red blood cell donation on Sunday. Good. Hopefully that helps. Um, but now my problem is, is that when I had these blood tests done, I never read the results. So mm -hmm. back in September, my hemoglobin was at a 19. My urologist mm -hmm. never saw it, never cared, never did mm -hmm. anything to. And then six months before that, it was at a 17. 
Mm-hmm. So there was already a rise happening. He never saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. So learn to read those things yourself and don't yeah. just assume, oh, well, the doctor knows best and this, that, you know, and I'm not saying he's a quack. He's not. Actually, he's pretty well respected. Um, and I, I'm not going to be the guy who goes, he's the best in the country. That's, you know, everyone always has that doctor, right? Uh, but that's, that's not the case. But learn learn how the tests are is like, you know, because they always kind of like shorten, you know, to... You know, TRT or whatever the I forgot what hemoglobin is. It doesn't matter. But learn learn what it is because it had I caught it faster. I don't know because I don't still know what the fuck's happening with me. Um, mm-hmm. But at least we would have known six months ago that there was a fucking problem. Yeah. And it wasn't until you know what I mean. I, it's been a mm-hmm. month and a half where I I can't fucking breathe and my blood pressure is at one forty five over one hundred five. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so it's. Do your own research also. Like you were are, saying, like you do you, your own research. Are you on CPAP? Oh, no. I've never had. Have you had a sleep study? No. Yeah. So you absolutely need to have a sleep study. I'll come uh, over. And here, here's why. <laughs> so you have, uh, you, have, you have polycythemia, right? So you have, uh, it's, well, technically it's not polycythemia because it's just probably your hemoglobin and your, and your hematocrit. But... You have yeah, elevated hematocrit. elevated hemoglobin, high. elevated red blood cell count, right? Yeah. And Super you have high. elevated blood pressure. So those two together are very indicative of somebody who has sleep apnea. Now, here's the thing is if I have somebody who comes to me as a potential patient and uh, those numbers are elevated, their blood pressure and their hemoglobin and hematocrit, I won't put them on TRT until they have had a sleep study and until they are on CPAP. Um, so even if I don't even snore, is that um, still an indicative of apnea? Because I don't even snore. Yeah. It, so snoring is snoring is a big indicator, but there's a uh, I'll, I'll I'll send it to you, I'll, or I'll send it to Mike. I'll send a, a link. Um, there there's a questionnaire that you can do that basically is a sleep apnea questionnaire, and it and it's self scoring, so you can see how it is, but. Uh, anybody for me, anybody over the age of 40 with high blood pressure, um, I am already pulling the trigger on a sleep study. Um, see, it's so weird. Why would it like, it just comes from nowhere. Yeah. It was literally a month and a half ago. I didn't have high blood pressure. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) well, see, and and that's, that's, that's concerning because you're, you're getting it now. Have you, uh, has your, I don't want to get too far into this and I don't want to, yeah, my patient, but, um, I, I would, I would hi, just, just from what you're telling me as a friend, I'm recommending that, you know, I, I would be talking to your primary care physician about getting a sleep study. Uh, it just, and, and if it's negative, it's negative. You know, it, it was a negative sleep study. You know, you log that away. You never have to worry about it again. Um, but yeah, but I, I think I, I, if you were my patient, I'd, I'd be signing you up for a sleep study right now. Hmm, interesting. Um, I, uh, I, I do. I, the, go ahead. I wanted to, I wanted to touch on, you know, you talked about how, um, you know, when we're younger, we don't think about this and we, and we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, a phrase that I use in, in my book, I talk about people need to take ownership of their own healthcare. And that's, that's the real health crisis in America, right? It's yeah. not, it's not nice. who's uninsured. It's not this other stuff. It's people don't give a shit. So uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a patient's room and I'm talking to them and I say, what medications are you on? And they literally hand me a fucking Walmart bag full of bottles. Nice. And it's like, no, I, 
I'm asking you, what medications are you on? Well, they're in the back. Well, you don't even, so you don't have it memorized. No, you don't have it written down anywhere. No. Okay. I go through wow. the bag. What are you on this for? I don't know. What are you on this <laughs> ah, for? Yeah. I don't know. These are essentially the same drug. Why are you on both of them? I don't know. That's right? nuts. Yeah, and they, because they don't take ownership. And, t- and that's way too much blind trust in the medical yeah. establishment, in my opinion. Right. right. Is you need to be aware of what you're on, why you're on it, you know, and, and were there any alternatives? Were there, was there a lifestyle alternative that could have prevented me from being on that? And the problem is when we're young and we're healthy and we get away with all this shit, right? You can eat a fucking bowl of chili and take a nap and then get up and go for an eight mile run. You're essentially, your body is like a credit card and you're racking up debt. And then you hit 40 and the bill collector comes and says, here's your high blood pressure and here's your bad knees and here's your blown out discs in your back and your liver and your kidneys aren't doing so good. And you've got cholesterol plaques in your arteries because you've been living crazy, but you didn't feel it. You could still run, you know, you're staying out all night and drinking and smoking and doing all this other stuff. And you had a young, resilient body with, you know, and you, you, you're, there are these the things you have on, on your DNA strands called telomeres that basically uh, dictate how, what your cellular life is. You know, you had, you, had, you had telomeres that were this fucking long. Now you got telomeres that are this long. You can't do that anymore. Right? Seems like an don't average have much telomere. I have average te- telomere size. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my telomere... I, I'm, I'm working on my telomeres. I'm trying to bulk up my telomeres for the summer. <laughs> That's summer <laughs> telomere life, shoot. you know? I'm trying to, trying to get my telomeres in swim, <laughs> swimsuit shape. Right? But, you know, you really are. You're living on a credit card all this time, and then the bill comes due, right? If I would have known about health, like you said, if I would have known what I know about health when I was 18 years old, I would be so much better off now. I would be in such better, I would not only would I have been in better shape then, but I would be in so much better shape now. And again, this is, this is what we're not doing as a society because everybody's on cruise control. Um, you know, doctors are handing out pills like candy. Nobody wants to own their own health care. You, you need to own your own health care. Okay. I guarantee, you know, it's, I, the doctor that, that, that told you how fucked up you are, is not going to, it's probably not going to cry at your funeral. All right. Your family members are going to cry at your funeral and you're going to, you're not, you're going to be dead. So you're not going to be upset, but by God, you would have been. So you need to take that seriously. Nobody cares as much about your health as you do. Yeah. So you're I, it, res- that was responsible for it. So clear after uh, seeing the, the looking back at the, the charts of the blood test, like I said, back September and then six months before that and seeing these numbers, this hemoglobin and it, it was like, wait, how the fuck did he miss it? Like, why did he even take blood if, if he didn't yeah. give a shit? Was, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I'm yeah, like, it, well, apparently it, I have to do it, you know? Yeah. D- I know it's a, on, it's a late lesson, but what, you know? Yeah. Depending on how many patients he has, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's challenging. Right. And he might he yeah. might have in the heat of the moment scrolling through stuff. Right. Because an abnormal lab, typically, if I'm looking at it on my screen, right, it shows up. There'll be like a red flag there that it's abnormal. Right. And he might have it was abnormal last time at 17 and he was scrolling through in a hurry. He saw the same red flag 
and glancing at 19, he thought it still said 17. I mean, that's very possible. I, yeah. I, I mean, I've been, possible. I've been steadily rocking the 17 for a few years. So I'm not in the range where I need to give blood. But if, if I go up and, and I have two doctors watching it because I have my, my age management doctor who I get labs through. And then I have my primary care doctor at the VA. And, uh, I like that's what, and I don't, you know, I, I see people for hormone replacement age management and I tell them I'm not your primary care doctor. So I still want you to have a primary care doctor. And I kind of feel like that we check each other's work when it comes to that. Right. Cause if they do, if my patients do go see their primary, I want to know what they did. I want to know what for they sure. talked about. I want them to send me those results so I can put them in the records that I keep. And I tell them, you know, I want you to have access to all of the things that I'm doing for you. Same way, because it's it shouldn't be a secret. You know, when you go in there, because because and your labs are a great example. Like if if I put somebody on testosterone and their hemoglobin and hematocrit goes up a little bit, and they don't tell their doctor they're seeing me and that I have them on TRT, and they're going, "God damn, what yeah, what is up? What's going on with these labs?" So so right. you need to be completely above board with that, and and. I, I'm a firm believer in uh, in separate in you know I I see I, I see specialists for specialty things, you know I don't my PCM doesn't do the steroid injection in my thumb my orthopedist does that you know my uh, I don't I don't get my TRT or uh, have my man labs typically done by my PCM right. my age management doctor does that yeah. so yeah, and my, and my doctor my, that helps me in my transition. <laughs> is the guy that I go to when I need to understand how the impact of my bottom surgery is going to impact my life. Your bo bottom surgery. <laughs> That's so what weird. they call it, I think. I want I wanted to chime in and say one thing and Oh I, wow. Look at I you. I needed to. Uh and my my camera's probably not working very well. But um I'm only twenty four and when I was how I have was socks I? your age. <laughs> And when I was peak, 20 peak oh, yeah. performance. <laughs> so you when might, I was, you 20, might not like it, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I was 20, I got diagnosed with a chronic illness, mm -hmm. like an autoimmune disorder and, um, kind of like Crohn's. Um, and basically I just took all the medications that the doctors gave me, uh, just kind of ignored it, went in and did the blood work that I could afford paid $600 a month. I think mm -hmm. for medicine for two years. And then, uh, this, uh, I went on a diet. I've started taking care of myself and this summer, uh, or in September, I had one of the worst flares ever. And I think I was like, I was one, what is it? Gram per deciliter. Is that how you measure hemoglobin away mm. from needing a transfusion? Cause I had mm. such low hemoglobin wow. and I had lost in two and a half weeks, I think 40 pounds. And so I was like super, um, just winded weak. I lost all my muscle mass. Um, like in two weeks, it was just gone, but that's how I am. I, I, my, I, I'm so oh, it's, tired. It's, it's crazy. Ridiculous. I couldn't do anything. I could, I could barely get off the couch. Um, you're, you're so tired now, Dave. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, it's so all the time. That's symptom number three that you need. <laughs> that you need it's it's not, 
but it's yeah. I, I, as I said I'm I'm not disputing that at all. I'm just saying this this stuff came on so quickly. In the I'm gonna last leave month now, and, and I should be there by by ten thirty like, with a notepad man, and watch you sleep. It doesn't matter how much I sleep or not sleep. It's just been it's been really rough. It's yeah, so well, lethargic. And, I, and I'll tell you why because you're not getting. It's not just quantity; it's quality. So it sounds to me like you're not getting quality, dude. I it's this is textbook, man. This is totally. T- Hold on a second here. I'm gonna find. Uh, where is it? Talk amongst yourselves. I, cause I've but got this, basi- qu- I've got this question. What happened here. was, um, after that happened, I was like, okay, I'm actually going to figure out how to figure, how to figure it out because I had just been ignoring it for so long. And now I'm in, I guess what you could call clinical remission mm-hmm. from my major symptoms and I'm not dying. I gained, I mean, I was on steroids for a little bit, but I'm off those now. Um, but I found medication that works. Um, I don't feel like I'm dead all the time or sick all the time. All of my test results are completely normal. Um, and all it was was just a change in medication. And that's it's crazy. That's all it was. I was taking all these wrong medications. And when I finally sat down and talked to my specialist, he was like, oh, you're getting all these symptoms because you've been taking these for so long. He's mm-hmm. like, you've, you haven't come in for your he's like, I haven't been able to get your blood work. And mm-hmm. so I, I got it all done, readjusted the medications, totally fine now. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And I'm like, I feel normal for the first time since I was 20, 21. Good. It's nuts. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Uh, can I share my screen? I don't know. You do whatever you want. <laughs> right, well, do I, you should well, do I have to? the capability to do that? Oh, here we go. Present. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it should let you do a share screen all thing. Right, here we go. All right, so this is what I'm talking about here. This is the Berlin questionnaire for sleep apnea. Um, and if you Google that, you can find it and you can and there's a bunch of them where you can just do it yourself and it'll score it for you, right? So this is what you these are the questions that you need to be asking yourself when it comes to sleep apnea, right? And snoring is on there, right? It's and it's a pretty big part of it, but uh it's not all of it. Right. So a lot of this is symptomatic, right. right? Do you ever feel tired or fatigued after you sleep? Uh, fired, you know, tired during the day. Have you ever nodded off during the day? How often does this occur? Do you have high blood pressure? Yes or no. And then you score this, right? So, uh, I'm, I mean, just, just doing kind of a, a shotgun swag on, you know, the fact that you have three symptoms, you're on TRT, um, it was fairly rapid onset. Did this, this happen to a company? I'm going to ask you one more question. And again, I'm not your doctor, but did this happen to a company, a recent gain, weight gain, whether that was fat or muscle doesn't matter. No, no, didn't. Okay. No. Um, still yeah, the prudent, the prudent thing to do is for you to, uh, as a minimum, when we're done here, if I were, if I were you, I would Google the Berlin, yeah, totally Berlin that questionnaire, do that. And then, uh, based on that, even if you have an equivocal score, I would refer you for it for a sleep study. Sounds good. I, I want to address this comment life. before we end the show. Glitter, <laughs> glitter fart is telling me that. Yeah. Unless listen, you have cancer, you shouldn't be taking meds at all. Uh, mm. Okay. All right. Uh, don't, yeah. Don't, don't, don't ever in junk well, food. Yeah. I want you to know. Well, I've had fart. cancer four times and beat yeah. it all with no meds. So have fun. Have fun dying. Have fun dying of strep throat because you don't want to take penicillin. <laughs> I um, did a complete overhaul of my entire diet. I ate, I had no seasonings on any of my food. I uh, owned part of a cow 
and did raw milk. <laughs> and I went all in. I was super healthy. How do you own part of a cow? How do you own? You can, uh, it's called herd share. It's like a, it's a <laughs> yeah, kind of a, it's a timeshare for yeah. You own <laughs> This is some fucking Gen Z shit, man. <laughs> So, but it's the only way you can legally get. So when it they do that, you know when they do that little diagram of, hey, this is where the ribeye comes from. What, did yeah. you have like this part of the diagram is? My, I've got no, the I, I just, I just had part of the milk, <laughs> the milk crop, and I was on pills because I have severe uh, inflammation that causes my colon to bleed and scar, mm -hmm. and if I don't mm -hmm. take those pills, then I will have to get my colon taken out. So yeah. it's uh, between that. That's not the or, bottom surgery you want. Yeah, or an, or an $80,000 to $150,000 surgery. So. But I will do it for half off. I'll make it cheaper for you. No, thanks. <laughs> I'll ask ChatGPT how to do it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> we just changed your mind, folks. This is what we're all about. All right. So, dude, there was a... I hope you'll come back. I, I really enjoyed the of conversation. I like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I also, I also try to recognize the fact that like, um, it, it's like kind of in a way bringing a mechanic on and then just asking him a bunch of car questions, but it's like, <laughs> but these are, I think we're asking and talking about the things that the people that are in our audience, they're thinking about, they want to know, they want to talk to somebody that they feel like they can trust and identify with. And I can't, I honestly can't think of anybody better that I know that I can trust and identify with um, as far as like you understand the, what, what they're going through. You understand a lot of their experiences and, and the way that they see and think about the world. And so to, to at least bridge a, a gap of trust be, between that is, is beneficial when it comes to discussing some of these important things about health and, and long-term uh, you know, age management and stuff for, for cops, because I'm sick of seeing a ton of cops um make it through and then you know they die they're dying within five years of retirement they just they yeah. just and and they they hadn't they hadn't had a track record of taking care of themselves and then i think you combine that with the loss of of something that they hold near and dear or or, or identify with and uh, I think it's just a recipe for disaster and I want to see cops taking care of themselves. I want to, I want to see everybody taking care of themselves, but I, we have to, we have to hold ourselves to a, a better standard. Even if our departments are not holding us to the standard, you, you owe it to yourself, to your families to, to be at your best. And I, I think yeah. we, I think we, at least in this conversation kind of give you some, uh, things to, to hold on to some, some handles to, to grip, to say like, all right, what I, I do need to start taking care of myself. What would that look like? I do need to get my blood work. Let's get that done. I do need to um, start thinking about the future and not just the moment with what I'm doing. So I, I appreciate the conversation. There's a ton of, oh, uh, Honey Badger wants to know, would it be weird to read Hone as a woman under 40? Asking for no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. You know, I mean, the title of the book is Honed, Finding Your Edge as a Man Over 40. But I've had 26-year-olds read the book and then email me talking about, hey, uh, this is, you know, change my approach to a lot of, a lot of this, you know, if, if I could put this in a time capsule and send this book back in time to my younger self, I would absolutely do that. There's a, there's a lot of really good information in here and, uh, you know, nothing I have, I have women, my, my supplements are for, are, you know, specifically marketed to, uh, you know, what I call the seasoned warrior athlete, right? Middle-aged men, but there, there are women taking my supplements too. There's nothing in there that's going to, you know, you're not going to grow a mustache uh, <laughs> like that chick on that really weird Freddie Mercury commercial that disturbs me. 
day 368 of being a boy god (laughs) yeah so uh yeah absolutely you can you can read read my book there's information that's beneficial towards uh for you you know especially that you know everything i talk about in sleep applies to everybody everything i talk about in nutrition and working out applies to everybody you know you can skip over the parts that are specific to testosterone you know and stuff like that if, if it doesn't apply to you but absolutely the book and my supplements are are for anybody awesome yeah go get it guys i have Dude, I had a bunch of screenshots of stuff from from your social media that we got to talk about eventually. I, we can, I hope- if you want to do a, if you want to do a couple of highlights, we can do that. It's uh, we. Uh, I'm a. I'm just. I'm a. I'm an awful person on social media. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. Sometimes I lay there at night, like right before I fall asleep, and I go, "Yeah, in the morning, I should probably delete that tweet. That was. I was probably a little too mean to that guy." Yeah, I'm going to delete that in the morning. And then I get up in the morning and I go, fuck that guy. And I go right back at him. <laughs> well, uh, so here, I'll, I'll show this much. And I, I want you to come back for a part two where we can just like, the next one we'll call three washed up white guys <laughs> bitch about the world. Uh-oh. But this is, this will give you an, uh, the, your, your, your pronouns are F and you. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. F you. <laughs> Normalize saying this to people who annoy you. I'm going to need you to fuck off. Not partially. I'm not talking about one of these weak fuck offs where you just uh, are out of earshot. Fuck all the way off. I want you to fuck off so far that your mail has to be forwarded. <laughs> so, so this is, this is my, so like I told you guys, I'm not kidding. It's, you provide my, my daily entertainment. Like I, I just look and I, I especially love it when, there's been more there's there's been stuff that I've posted on my account that there's more likes and interaction going on on your comment on that and the argument ensues there than on the actual post. I just I, I love it. Yeah. And uh Appreciate man it. you ha- you have a lot of uh you have a lot of thoughts to share on on cultural political issues. There's some things that I want to talk about but it would take so much longer and I want to do justice to it. So uh, promise, promise us you'll come back for a part. Absolutely, two. man. I, w- I would absolutely love to. And Wednesdays are a good night for me because it's Tuesday and Thursday night. I have jujitsu. So Wednesday is actually a great night for me to sit down and talk to you guys. Sweet. And we are taking applications for a fourth host who would want to pay us to be here. So if, uh, if that's something that interests <laughs> you, then uh... I'll, only if you accept Trump NFTs as currency. I do. I do. <laughs> They're going to be worth something in 2025, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.